Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by Fans for Fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is part five of our NBA draft analysis series, and we're going to be covering the Chicago Bulls. So the Chicago Bulls have picks four and 44 in this year's draft. So Jalen, who did the Chicago Bulls select with the fourth overall pick? Man, so there's a lot of different routes that we can go being at fourth, hearing a lot of different rumors about what Golden State may or may not do. Uh, Still a lot of uh, indecisiveness when it comes to what Minnesota might do or if Anthony Edwards truly is the first overall pick the way a lot of us assume. Um, I I have to go with the safe route and assume that LaMelo still gets taken in the top three, which means that the next best guy on my board for the Bulls would be Denny Avdia. Um, out of Israel, a small forward spot, plays with pace, shoots the three extremely well, athletic. I mean, this is a guy that we need at the three to help bolster up our front court with the fact that Otto Porter is a guy that we only have for one more season and has uh, injury history that's been hard to keep up with as a Bulls fan, honestly. It's been one of those things where when he plays, he's outstanding and he's one of our leading scorers, but he spends a lot of time on the bench and on the medical table. And we need somebody being able to, you know, produce at that three spot because we're struggling. Um, The next best player that I would pick, honestly, is Killian Hayes out of France. You know, it's kind of weird. Two um, overseas potential pickups for a team um, like ours that, you know, we could we could use a lot of a lot of different pieces, but Killian Hayes, uh, combo go- combo guard, uh, can pass extremely well. Um, showed off his athleticism relatively um, overseas. Um, struggled with the three point shot, only twenty nine percent from the three, but he's a guy who makes up for his inability to shoot the three ball with his ability to facilitate. One point five steals per game which shows his defensive acumen um, with with a guy in Chris Dunn potentially walking out in free agency this offseason. Um, honestly, the point guard spot is a spot that's needed to be addressed for a while. We tried to touch on it with Kobe White and found out that he was better off the bench as a two guard. Um, so granted, it didn't work out the way we necessarily thought, but Kobe produced extremely well this year and was first team all rookie. So um, we definitely have a great piece in that. Um, The other thing is that Ryan Archie Diacono cannot be our our leftover point guard. That can't be a guy who gets significant minutes for our team. And I like I like Archie. He's he's a guy who helps stress the floor for us. He was extremely uh, extremely talented for that Villanova team that he came from out of college. And he's a good player for us, but he's getting a crazy amount of minutes that if we want to be a contending team, at least to be a, a perennial playoff team, we cannot have Ryan Archidiakono playing north of 20 minutes per game. So a guy like Killian Hayes, who could play the one and the two, facilitate for a guy like Zach Levine, facilitate for a team that has a lot of athletes that like to run the floor. He's a guy who addresses the position directly, and he doesn't give us the Chris Dunn 
uh, treatment where it's on one end, Chris Dunn is an elite shutdown defender snubbed for the all NBA, uh, all defensive NBA team, by the way, was one of those guys who definitely should have been at least in the first or the second team for that, uh, for that award. But he didn't bring it offensively. Killian Hayes is a guy who can create his own shot and facilitate while also being able to maybe not play lockdown defense to the level of Chris, but can hold his own against one and twos. So I'm going to go with either Denny or Killian Hayes to help us out because either way, we need a guy who can help push the pace and get the ball to guys like Kobe, get the ball to guys like Levine, even, you know, even Laurie Markinen, if that's a guy that we decide to keep. Yeah, I agree that I believe that the Bulls are going to select Denny Avdia with the fourth overall pick. I think he's been quietly climbing many draft boards, including the one on draft site, which actually has him actually has Avdia going with the fourth overall pick to the Chicago Bulls. I think he can cover multiple positions on the floor, and he's a versatile defender, definitely an underrated shot blocker for the small for the small forward position. Um, I think he's definitely a mystery because we haven't seen a lot out of him. Um, but he definitely has been boosting up his three-point shot. He's a playmaker at the wing position. I think this is definitely something that the Bulls need considering that they may not have a guy like Otto Porter back next season. And I think if Porter leaves, Avdia is a guy who I believe can step into that position and contribute immediately. Um, I also think that something underrated about him is his basketball IQ. I think it's very high. I think his court vision is very solid. Um, I think it's probably going to give him more time on the court because he has a high basketball IQ and great court vision. I think he could gel well with this team considering that they have really one more positional hole in the point guard position. And I feel like that, I feel like they're going to fill that other hole in the point guard position in the second round. And um, let me let me just ask you kind of a quick question to like bounce off of that, because that's kind of interesting that you say they're going to address the guard position in the second round. With that being the case, there's been a lot of questions um, really over the last two years, really in particular, that the future of Larry Markkinen is in question. I mean, it's been something that we've been wondering about for a while with the fact that he's had a significant injury history. He's a guy who hasn't really produced well for us, hasn't really bloomed. Um, at all since acquiring him from Minnesota. And he's a guy that with his skill set is still a player that we could, you know, potentially shop for either another pick in this draft, a pick in a future draft, or even be able to get a more established player or pick up that point guard that we need through the trade. So my question to you is with the future of Laurie Markkinen being in question, is it dangerous or is it actually a, a liable idea to take a look at a guy like Obi Toppin out of Dayton at this fourth overall spot? Like, where do you, th- like, how do you think he gels with a team like this where we already have window, uh, window Carter and Daniel Gafford on this team, but the four position is still relatively in question. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today and I actually thought Obi Toppin would fit well with Cleveland considering he's, he went to Dayton. He's in the Ohio area. I think it definitely would, be a great fit for Obi Toppin to go to Cleveland considering that they really need help in the power forward and center positions considering they may not have uh, Kevin Love and Andre Drummond there. I think the thing with Chicago could be if they do keep Markkinen, 
then I don't really see a need for Obi Toppin on this team, considering that I think if they give Mark in one more year to really see what potential he has, I think Markkinen could really show them something different that Obi Toppin maybe doesn't have. Yeah, I think Obi Toppin definitely seems like an interesting selection, considering that if the idea of Denny Avdia being selected by Golden State as referenced by a couple of different news sources, if Denny Avdia goes to Golden State, that does leave the option that Obi Toppin is available for Chicago to select. I think if Avdia does get selected by Golden State, Obi Toppin would actually make a better choice considering that he really fills the position a lot better than Otto Porter and a lot better than Laurie Mark and then definitely somebody that could start immediately, like much like Denny Avdia. And I think that Obi Toppin's a great finisher at the rim as well. And I think he's also a great rim protector on the defensive side. And I think he's one of maybe the most athletic players that I've seen in this draft. Obi Toppin definitely is a phenomenal player coming out of Dayton. Um, the odds that they select, the odds that the Bulls select Obi Toppin, I think it's a, it's about a 50-50 chance because, again, if Danny Avdia gets selected by Golden State, I think they could either select a Lamella Ball if he falls in this draft or they can go and get Obi Toppin. And I, I don't know. I think Chicago definitely has a lot of options. I definitely I – know, I know you mentioned with um, – the Atlanta Hawks, it was pretty much like outside of the top three picks. You don't really have the pick of the litter going with the top three picks and possibly Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and Lamella Ball. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Chicago Bulls select um, Obi Toppin if Denny Avdia is selected before him. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if necessarily know if it's 50-50 if Denny's already gone. Honestly, I think if Denny's gone, that leaves us easy pickings to be able to potentially still get LaMelo Ball um, with that. I mean, granted, if he's taken, the question will be on Charlotte whether or not they're going to pass up on James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards, depending on who it is that falls to that third spot. That still leaves LaMelo Ball potentially available, like you had mentioned beforehand. If Charlotte still pulls on LaMelo Ball, we're staring at James Wiseman as somebody that we could potentially pull the trigger on or Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is probably the least favorite of my, of the two options in terms of fitting with this Chicago Bulls team. So if it's Anthony that, that falls to us, unfortunately he's going to end up falling past us and down to Cleveland, because personally, I think at that point, your best bet is to shoot on somebody like Killian Hayes. Um, Obi Toppin is there. But I feel like the idea of taking Obi Toppin only solidifies the fact that Laurie Markkinen's time on the Bulls is limited. So what they do with the fourth overall spot has to do a lot with where Denny is uh, available um, coming that time, whether or not we're going to emphasize the point guard position and go for a guy like LaMelo or Killian Hayes if they fall. And then after that, it just goes to the question of, if a guy like Obi Toppin is available, the guys we've already listed are gone and off the books. And we have to make a decision between a guy like maybe Anthony Edwards, who for whatever reason falls past based on Minnesota and Golden State's selections, as well as Charlotte's, um, whether or not it's a guy like Anthony Edwards or whether or not it's a guy like James Wiseman or having to take a swing on an older player like Obi Toppin, who's ready to play off the rip. 
you know, I think Obi is definitely at the bottom of the barrel in this list in terms of guys. If I had to rank them, it would have to be LaMelo Ball first, Denny Avdia second, Killian Hayes third, James Wiseman fourth if he were to fall that far, and then Obi Toppin fifth just because of the fit or lack thereof for Anthony Edwards. So that would be my top five in that order. But, you know, I feel like if we get any of those guys, I think we're going to be at an E. So I feel confident that at the fourth spot, we can finally do something dangerous. We've been seventh the last two to three years. I, I'm pretty happy about being fourth, so I can't complain with whoever it is we get. And I think the more that you're explaining it, the more I'm, I'm kind of realizing that we're both kind of right that Obi Toppin really doesn't fit the mold of this team, considering that, you know, if Laurie Markinen doesn't have a great year this year, it does kind of solidify that maybe Obi Toppin was the better pick to go with. But I think if you select Obi Toppin and still keep Laurie Markinen, it does seem like a good fit to keep. It, it does seem like a good fit to pair him with Wendell Carter. Um, but I think that's, that's going to be interesting when it comes to draft time, because I, when it comes to draft day, because I think that getting a guy like Obi Toppin seems like a great choice, but how well is he going to fit in this system? And will Laurie Markin then still be around when Obi, if Obi Toppin gets drafted? So going to the second round, the Chicago Bulls have the 44th pick in the NBA draft. And Jalen, who do you believe that the Chicago Bulls will select with the 44th pick? So to be honest with you, just out of the fact that I feel like we're either going to be able to address the point guard spot with a guy like Killian Hayes at four or a guy like Denny Avdia, who granted plays the three spot but can facilitate, I feel like this is the part where we go and tackle small forward in the scoring sense. Um, but we also can either – we can also take a look at a combo guard because we need somebody – who can come off the bench along with Kobe White and strike and play significant offense, but be a two-way player. So the guys that I took a look at, um, and I've kind of changed my mind in the midst of this conversation. So the second guy I'm going to name is somebody that kind of came off the top. But the first guy that I'm going to name is Jordan War out of Louisville. He's a guy who, uh, 6'7", 6'10", wingspan, uh, can shoot the three excellent, excellent catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Um, this season, 40% from the three-point line, 18 points per game, 7.7 rebounds. Rebounding for this team is critical. I can't, I can't preach on it hard enough. Our team thrives in transition. Being able to grab offensive and defensive rebounds is critical to help this team push the pace, maintain, you know, distance in any game and keep themselves close because we have the athleticism to hang with any team. The issue is we cannot close. We have young guys who struggle closing. And with that being the case, we need to be able to maximize the possessions, the amount of possessions that we have, as well as take advantage of the possessions on a possession to base, possession to possession basis. With that being the case, Jordan Warrior, he provides three-point shooting. He's a guy who is an excellent rebounder on both ends of the court. My issue with him specifically is probably his engagement on the defensive end. Um, when he has tough games in terms of shooting nights, I've seen this against Michigan State. I've seen this against Florida State. When he struggles from the floor as a scorer, he tends to try to make up on the defensive end 
but there's a lot of times where he ends up falling into foul trouble. And that's my biggest concern with him strictly is that he has the physical build to be a two-way forward. The issue is his engagement on both sides of the floor because he starts to almost kind of play himself out of the game entirely when, when his shot is not falling. So that's something that I feel like can be adjusted at the NBA level, but it's something that we have to keep an eye on if we see him as someone who can be a true rotational piece. The other guy that I want to kind of take a look at, somebody that I've been, you know, kind of on the fence about, but I honestly feel like would fit really well on this team is uh, Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. Uh, Played a little bit of uh, shooting guard, played a lot of small forward for this team. Uh, granite older guy 22 years old similar to Jordan War Jr but 66 shoots the three relatively well 34% from 3 19 points per game 4.4.9 rebounds he's a guy who i feel like with his free throw percentage being 81% he's a guy who has a decent stroke from from the arc which makes me feel as though he may be able to improve as a shooter at the next level because or at least that his shooting ability will be able to translate at the next level where he I, we won't be worried about him similar to war he has the kind of build the kind of frame that should be able to turn into a two-way guard forward for this team the goal is to be able to get more athletes and get more guys that play the style that we play, being able to push the pace, being able to play in transition and thrive in the open court. We have way too many players who can run up and down this court, finish at extremely fast paces. Kobe White, probably one of the best small guard finisher, uh, small guard finishers in the league this past season, um, especially coming off of transition. Zach Levine, we already know what he does when the court is open. We simply just need guys who can provide three-point shooting and play that style of pushing the ball up and down the court. And I think that Jordan War and or Elijah Hughes are both guys that kind of fit into that mode, guys who can be big time scorers for us either in within the rotation as starters or coming off the bench playing with a guy in Kobe White who kind of needs another partner with him. Because like I said, Ryan Archie Diacono is getting way more minutes than I would ever want to say or see Ryan Archie Diacono ever get. So I feel like these are two guys that can definitely take up some of that time. And I mean, we have to adjust, we have to address the guard position regardless because Zach Levine's not going to play 48 minutes. Kobe White has gotten a lot of burn, but he's coming off the bench. Granted, he's playing about 30 plus minutes per game, especially as coming off the all-star break, but he's not going to play the whole game. Losing Chris Dunn could be huge, despite the fact that I don't think he really moves the needle for our team and is an underachiever when it comes to the offensive side of the, the ball. So, I mean, we need to address guard and that we need to address guard and we need to address forward and we need to do it in a way that we get guys who play our style of basketball and whether it's through the draft or free agency, that's exactly what needs to happen if we want to be back in the playoffs. So yeah, at 44, Jordan Wara, Elijah Hughes, a guy in Skylar Mays for LSU who stretches the floor and shoots north of 40% from three. He's another guy to keep an eye out on. We need three point shooters, bro. Period. I like your, I, I like both of your selections with uh, Jordan Noir out of Louisville and Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. Even mentioning a guy like Skylar Mays out of LSU, 
But if you're talking about scoring, I think I can do you one better in saying that the Chicago Bulls could select Devin Dotson out of Kansas with the second round pick. Um, I think Dotson is a great offensive player, a great player coming out of a great basketball program in Kansas. Um, He's really an offensive standout in a draft that's filled with defensive standouts. If you're talking about a guy who can, you talk about a guy who can rely or who's a reliable finisher at the rim. Um, He's, and one of his strengths is that he's so quick to make plays on the court. I think he's a quick defender as well. He almost makes it difficult for opposing players to guard him. And when you think about how quick he is on both sides of the ball, he can really hold his own as a defender. And I think that it's going to definitely be able, I think he definitely provides an additional spark, an offensive spark coming off the bench when Kobe White isn't, isn't on the floor for the Chicago Bulls. I think when you're talking about a guy who could be a pesky offensive player around the perimeter, I think he has some positive moments on the defensive side. And I think he's, he's even in some cases better off the ball than he is when he has the ball, especially when he's coming off the pick and roll. Um, I just think that he's a, a solid player for this team. And Devin Dotson is a guy who might be an underrated player in this draft, considering that in the second round, he's pretty much slated to go in the mid second round. And I think that I think every team's kind of missing out on a guy like Devin Dotson. Honestly, I, I like him so much. It's ironic that you mentioned his name. I literally put an asterisk next to uh, my picks for 44th overall and put honorable mention and put Devin Dotson there. Um, my only concerns with him really was just whether or not it was too redundant with Kobe White. Um, the six two six three guard mold. This is a league that is playing a lot of positionless basketball. It's a lot of six seven guys playing point guard right now, and it's driving a team like the Bulls crazy because honestly we've just had guys who are relatively undersized for the position when going up against stuff like that. Uh, Devon Dotson, he brings, he does bring defensive acumen. Uh, you know, defensive uh, box score, defensive win shares plus minus. Uh, averages about two steals per game. Like, he definitely is a guy who could hold his own on that side of the court. Can't sniff at 18.1 points either. I mean, that's definitely dangerous. Um, uh, my two concerns with him besides his redundance with Kobe White would be just this. Uh, the first thing is 30.9% from three. Um, his ability to translate at the three-point line is going to be crucial for him to be, like you said, a steal in this draft because he has to be able to stretch the floor. Ryan, if there's one thing we know, granted, we're talking about the East, but even in the East, man, no matter what, no matter what the night is, you are going to go up against an elite point guard on a night to night basis. There's going to be guys like Kimball Walker, Kyrie, Fred Van Vliet, dare I say, I mean, there are guys across this league that are dangerous. And that's just talking about the Eastern Conference. That's not even touching on guys like Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, guys of that caliber who are dangerous at that position. So being able to shoot the three ball is crucial. And 
Dotson, he just he just has a lot to still prove from that. 83% from the free throw line shows that he could potentially translate well as a three-point shooter, but he's going to have to do it first before we can actually pull that away. The other thing is only four assists. Now, look, I know when you say only four assists, it's like, what is he supposed to be putting up? Ja Morant numbers? Like, no, he's not supposed to be out here averaging between seven and nine assists per game to be a, to be a lead point guard on our team or even a bench point guard on our team. Killian Hayes only averages about 5.5 and I would love him as a distributor on this team. But the issue is that he screams more of a scoring guard at the point guard position for me. And we got enough buckets. Like I, I'm just going to be honest with you. We have enough buckets when Laurie Markin is, is healthy, 18 plus point per game score. He's the closest thing to DeMontis Sabonis as we could probably get in terms of our version of a big guy that can stretch the floor. Zach Levine is a 20 point per game score. Kobe White is a guy who can be in the run for six man of the year moving forward with the way that he was playing post all-star break. Otto Porter, again, unfortunately I have to say when healthy, but yeah, when healthy, 15 to 20 point per, per game score. Wendell Carter is a guy who we haven't even really seen a lot of yet due to injury, but he's a guy down low that helps put the ball in the basket and is slowly developing a three-point game. So we need guys who can play on both sides of the floor and be more three and D-esque. Dotson has to prove the three-point part of that for me to really see him as somebody who could contribute on this team because otherwise he just looks way too much like Kobe White and we have enough of that we need a guy who can distribute the ball and get them the ball as these athletes that run the floor not another athlete that runs the floor because that's been our issue we've always had the guys to outrun and hang with teams when it comes to playing in transition the biggest issue has been being able to have a guy who can get those guys the ball. It's been a lot of sitting down, staring and watching. And maybe we can blame Jim Boylan for not really having much of an offensive system, but I can't point the finger at him too much because at the end of the day, we haven't really had a point guard who can distribute the ball in a way that we need for this, this team to get off the way we need them to. So, I mean, I love, I love Devon Dalton and I think he would fit if he can get his three-point percentage up. I think he would be a good pickup if he can get his three-point percentage up. If not, he's just another version of what we already have, and we don't need redundance. We need productivity. So, I mean, you know, that, that's a big if, but, you know, I like him as a player regardless. Yeah, I think Devin Dotson definitely still has some improving to do within his game. I don't think he is a perfect player. When I mean he can, when I mean that he is a draft steal, I think he he can definitely provide that offensive spark off the bench. Where if you need to, if you need a guy to go and put up at least fifteen a game in twenty five minutes, there's a chance that he can do that because I think he's a reliable scorer. I do think he does need to improve on his three point numbers, um, and I think that Chicago seems like a good place for him to go to develop his skills, especially if they get a guy like Kenny Atkinson to be their coach. But I think, again, it'll only take time for us to see what really happens with Chicago. So transitioning now to our question of the day for our fans, who do you see Chicago selecting with both of their picks, the fourth and the 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 44th pick? Do you see them selecting Danny Avdia? Do you see them selecting Killian Hayes? Do you see them selecting Jordan Awara or Devin Dotson or Elijah Hughes? Who do you see them selecting with the fourth and 44th overall picks? 
This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk Podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars. And of course, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace. Peace.